Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 288 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well, thank you. It's been almost exactly a month since you were on last time. So what have you been up to? I think the main thing that will probably entertain you was <laughs> that uh, I very, very unexpectedly and kindly got asked to be part of Team Sega for Game Blast, which is a big, massive charity streaming drive that happens every year for uh, Special Effect, who make yes. custom controllers for disabled gamers and awesome allow them to use yes. computers and consoles. And um, wonderful charity, wonderful people, uh, great fun event. And um, I I didn't have quite as much time as, as I wanted to do prep for the stream, because normally people set up loads of forfeits and loads of things. So I I let my viewers decide the forfeits. <laughs> never, that's never a good idea. Go on. Yeah, you'd think I'd learn. And then because I hadn't had time to set up a whole bunch of really snazzy alerts and things, I thought when I was making the, the video I put up on social media to say I was going to be part of this, that it would be really funny if I, if I sort of had this point where I said, and the alerts will be, and then played the Sonic Drowning music and trolled them by playing the Sonic Drowning music at them. Yeah. But that, of course, meant that my donation noise was the Sonic Drowning music, <laughs> which is, of course, the most anxiety-inducing piece of music in any piece of yes. you know, media in the entire world ever. And that's that's not an, an overstatement at all. That's completely, <laughs> that's an understatement of anything. And um, it ended up with the, the, the totals and the forfeits leading me to be in a position where at £1,000 for charity, I had to play Echo the Dolphin on Mega Drive <laughs> to a chorus of sonic drowning sounds as everyone kept donating. <laughs> and then at uh, £1,500 of charity, I played Echo 2 <laughs> right. to a chorus of sonic drowning sound effects. And uh, I just, just I could practically hear the laughter as they were typing it in chat. <laughs> and then for £2,000 for charity, yes. uh, I had to play Echo Jr. I, I, I wasn't even aware there was an Echo Jr. Okay. Which is even worse and has even less gameplay. And still I got confused with the thing because it's terrible. <laughs> But not only did I have to play Echo Jr. to the chorus of Sonic Drowning sound effects as people were still donating, I had to do so in a unicorn onesie whilst also wearing two <laughs> pairs of bunny rabbit ears, a pair of cat ears, and some fluffy cat paws that really did not make it any easier to control the game. So uh, it got to the point where I was literally every time somebody donated, telling them, thank you, I hate you, thank you for supporting charity. <laughs> uh, it was the, it was a very mixed messages point um i regrets i have a few uh, echo one and echo two and uh, yeah probably the most clips ever made of a stream of mine since the last charity stream where i nearly burnt my kitchen down making uh, christmas dinner live on yes air. i remember that yeah so um yeah that that was that was that was a thing that happened um, the important thing is did you make a lot of money <laughs> it was two thousand pounds or just over for my stream uh, from my nice. lovely community and then well Team Sega was about 25 between everyone. Wow. And then the whole of Game Blast was something like £200,000. Wow. So amazing. Wonderful yeah. cause. That's and awesome. And I, I, I'm trying to block the memories out, but at the same time, very appreciative of all the lovely people out there who got to traumatise me for charity. Yeah. 
Well, they do enjoy doing that. So, you know, and you did put yourself forward for it. It's your own fault. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have regrets, but also <laughs> we'll probably do it all again next year. So, yes, probably. You know, <laughs> never might, learn. Might have to be a bit more organised next year to see if you could slightly get out of maybe not the sonic drowning sound every time now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just hadn't quite clocked how much chat would enjoy that one. <laughs> I, I knew they would. I thought this will encourage them. I didn't realise it would encourage people to do things like instead of donating £10, to just donate £2 repetitively. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, well, of course, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they trolled me good for a very good cause. But, you know, all credit to them. I thought I'd been clever and I was proven yet again you can't outwit chat. <laughs> the viewers, the collective Borg-like intelligence of viewers, especially when you put a good cause, a charity in front of them, they're going to win. Ah! There you go. <laughs> um, I, I hate you and I'm never going to be on your podcast again. <laughs> I, 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 I quit. <laughs> That's it. Just, just wanted to bring up some of the memories of that enjoyable time you had. Yes. Have I mentioned that, that I dislike you greatly? <laughs> yes. Yes, you have mentioned that. Just, just checking. Just checking. So other than people I thought were my friends being incredibly mean to me and reevaluating my life choices and quitting this podcast... Um, <laughs> Other things that I've been watching and doing, I don't have to think of anything because my brain is just now going, ah! Um, I, I, um, I'm still watching Snowpiercer, so I'm yes. up to date on that one. Yes. Although I did not enjoy the last episode, so yes. I'm a little bit frustrated with that. That that was the, the episode which followed her on her own in the... the I mean, you, you kind of knew that episode was coming because the, you know, she... Yes, but I thought something would happen yeah nothing was this the budget saving episode possibly well i don't know they had to build an entire new set for it so i thought you know she might analyze the data and find something out i thought that that the most interesting thing was some rats Mm. and she ate them i i mean (laughs) i knew we were going to get an episode with with stuff from her perspective but like there was like 10 minutes of content in that episode yeah i I sort of know what you mean i wait patiently for seven whole days it's one of my highlights of the week yes so i just found that quite frustrating i think if i were binge watching the series i wouldn't really mind anywhere near as much um Mm. i think it's because i like the show so much if it does something like that it's just like oh oh, no not with the recaps not with the 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 nothing episode and yes character development blah 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 stop here so i i I know why the episode's there but it i don't feel it developed anything that we didn't already know i didn't mind the episode but i sort of know what you mean you didn't get any kind of big reveal. She didn't really find out anything. No. Um, she went through some stuff, but it kind of ended up back where we already kind of knew it was. So it doesn't really advance the overall plot I thought she would discover anyway. things about the data and, and then they, maybe there'd be something where she was trying to preserve that so it would get yeah. back to them, especially since there was the whole thing of like she hadn't made the last kind of link up type thing and mm. that kind of stress at the other side. I thought like she would have found out some really important stuff. Like that was a perfect episode to give us some of that information and then use will or won't she be able to get the information back to Snowpiercer as a big point of building up tension. Because if yeah. you, at the moment, all this data she's trying to desperately get them might just go like, yes, yeah, cold man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we we don't know if the data she's risking her life for is actually like worth anything. Yeah. And they could have given us her having nothing to do but analyze the data and finding out stuff in it. That could have been the point to do that. Now the data is presumably going to go back to Snowpiercer and they're going to do that bit whereas literally her character had nothing to do so that kind of frustrated me because I thought the episode could have been a lot stronger and I think it really stands out content wise in comparison to all the others for having such a different kind of tonal feel in that way Mm. Um, so yeah and now I've got to wait another day to find out what happens yes so 
And that's if I have time. I usually the thing is it comes out on a day where I'm really, really busy and I stream twice in that day. Yeah. So, so I normally don't get to watch it until after. Yeah, I mean it is annoying because it is one of those shows that I think had it all come out together, I probably would have, you know, binged through the entire thing by now. But it is frustrating having to wait a week, but it's one of those shows that's going out on an actual channel in the US. So, you know, we're stuck waiting. Yeah. I mean, I understand why they do that. It's, you know, it is a sensible model to follow. It's much better for the social media engagement and mm-hmm. getting people talking if everyone's kind of watching through it at the same time. And I was dealing with that okay until they gave me an episode where they didn't give me <laughs> any more content. So I just was kind of just there like, but, 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 this is all I have right now. I don't really leave my house much at the moment. <laughs> this is this is literally all I've got. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still like enjoying the series immensely. I just didn't feel like it was the strongest episode and I felt like it could have been a lot stronger. Um, so that's me complaining about several things and um, <laughs> we'll carry on in that vein. I guess I started and have watched half of an old animated movie, which people kept recommending to me and saying, why haven't you seen this? And I'd not actually heard of it. Somehow I'd completely missed it. Came out in 1985, sort of hot on the heels of your Star Wars is and, yes. and things like that. It's called Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. Right. And it's a sci-fi extravaganza. It's got a, a, a sword that's in the handle that lights up. It's got an orphan lad trying to save their people. It, it's got a vast <laughs> amount of things. It's It's got a kind of ragtag crew on a on a ship who's like a bounty hunter sort of wheeler dealer type character who's kind of the sort of character that might shoot first you know right um, yes who kind of takes the young lad under his wing for being kind of innocent not knowing enough uh, the kid's blonde and the other guy's got brown hair by the way no reason <laughs> they've also got an android companion as well right yes um, mm. so there's there's a few things going on there it's got its own mythos and stuff you know to it as well but you can you can see they were kind of I think the phrase is giving like the side oh eye over to another production. <laughs> yes. And I think the VHS is like said on them, the animation fans of Star Wars have been waiting for. Right. So I yes. think they knew what they were doing. Uh, but it's it's so of its time. Right. That yes. I'm finding some bits of it laughably bad. But it's still kind of interesting to see. I, I still don't know how I've never heard of it. There's some things where you're just looking at them going, how, how did I not see this, you know, when I was younger? How have I completely and utterly missed this? Yeah, so, I, I have to say it's just, not one that I'd ever heard of either. Okay, it's not it's not just me then. That's no, good. No, it is not one that I was aware of. It sounds fascinatingly awful. Um. <laughs> I mean, some of the animation is pretty good. It is kind of, you know, feature length, hand-drawn animation of yeah, the time. Yeah. And some of the world building's interesting. Uh, I don't know why it's called um, Star Crusher though. I feel, I feel like they, they literally came up with that name because of its, you know, somewhat similarity to, uh, to some certain aspects of another very famous sci-fi series because it doesn't seem related to the content. Right. But it's it's interesting to watch. But there are some bits where you're like, oh, oh that that's not that's not dated very well. Um, <laughs> I'm going to finish watching that at some point. I'm I'm sort of like halfway two thirds through that one at the moment. Good. And the last thing that I've been watching, which is one I don't have a huge amount of complaints about, so they're going to back on a positive note here. Good. Is something that I'm I am assuming you have also recently finished watching, which is One Division. Yes, I have also completed watching One Division. So I will. Stick a spoiler warning in here because obviously there are spoilers for the finale. So spoilers, 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 spoilers. One Division finale, what did you think? Oh, they finally put her in a Scarlet Witch costume. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I just, it was one of the things I was just annoyed me about. I mean, I, I didn't like the way Scarlet Witch was in any of the incarnations so far on the big screen, I'm going to yes. be honest. And I wasn't like, although it, she, she's a very good actress, but I wasn't huge on the casting. I wasn't huge on the costume design. I wasn't huge on the plot. I, I just, I didn't like Wanda or Vision in the MCU. Um, yeah. But I, I have loved 99% of WandaVision which proves how well written that show is yes. and how much it's lets the characters actually develop and breathe because I now care deeply about two characters I wasn't that fussed about in the comic and thought were a waste of screen time in the MCU <laughs> so props to them acting and writing wise there yeah. uh, but yes seeing her in an actual Scarlet Witch costume that works MCU style yeah. you know it's not just a coat <laughs> like everyone else yeah. 
Rahul costume and she just had a, a, a particularly nice jacket. It just, yeah. you know, nice, easy one for budget cosplays, apart yeah. from the fact it's clearly an expensive leather coat. But um, yeah, she now actually has a costume. Yeah. And that made me very more happy than I thought it would, actually. <laughs> I think it made me more, I, I was just this sense of relief that I probably wasn't entirely expecting. But I thought that was brilliant. And the way they did it was really good as well. It's her discovering her powers and that kind of materializing that that crown, the, the, everything that kind of went. I was just like, yeah, no, that that's a really nice costume design. So I was very pleased with with that. I thought that Agatha they 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 went a little crazy on like the the, the kind of witch eye makeup. Yeah. I, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. quite sure where they were just sort of like the more powerful I get, the the more I have smudged my mascara. Um, <laughs> they, they were going for evil, but I don't think it really came across as quite like that. You know, the most right, evil yeah. thing she did was was take the dog out. Yeah. Which they didn't explain because it's she does that in the comics, but they didn't explain why she did it in the show. And it was kind of the brutality of it, the way that she just kind of went, and I killed the dog too. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, oh! and um, it was very funny, but like they didn't give any context as why. There's supposed to be kind of a reason. So yeah, I liked quite a few things about the finale. I thought the kind of foreshadowing, the runes type thing, yeah. that was pretty good. And that worked quite well because Agatha had got to the point where she was just so brazen that she just didn't, she just thought Wanda was missing her when she was firing and it wasn't hitting her. Yeah. Like, and I, and I thought that it kind of showed that, you know, she was just so sure of herself at that point and thought she'd already won that she just missed something that obvious going on around her. Hmm. And I thought they did that very well because that can sometimes come across really cheesy. Yeah. When you have that kind of, oh, well, as the enemy, your monologuing gave me the answer. And in this case, you kind of just, you felt quite like, ha, yeah, rather than just like, <laughs> oh God, that's so cliche. So I thought they did that quite well and it looked really dramatic with having the, the huge glyphs on the inside of the world yeah. that they'd built. So I think it was a pretty satisfying kind of way they built up to the climax. I was also quite surprised that Pietro, who I originally thought was going to be just a like a, a cameo, like an in-joke's probably the wrong word, but like Easter egg cameo. Yeah. And then we were all saying, oh, it's going to be the introduction of mutants. And I was like, oh God, you're all right. You, I, I had an idea yeah. it's going to be the introduction of mutants and the multiverse. And then in the end, I was originally right. And yeah. I was kind of disappointed because I preferred your guys' theory much more than mine. Yeah, and I think everybody so, else did as well. And and Is it a double bluff? I, I do wonder whether it ends up being a double bluff. I, I have seen one theory floating around as the agent, is it Jimmy Woo, the, when he first comes to the town, isn't one of the things he talks about having somebody in witness protection in the town? Isn't that what he goes there for in the first place or something? I seem to remember. And somebody was talking about the fact that what if that was the guy that was in witness protection? So that's not his real name. Plus the name that they gave him doesn't really sound like a real name necessarily. It sounds like something that Pietro would make up. So you do wonder whether maybe there is something in that whether they are going to end up retconning, whether that was what they originally intended, but whether they are going to end up retconning that in some way or not. But I don't know. It's really tricky to know whether that will actually come back around again because I remember when we talked about it last time, we were like, you know, you were saying, oh, I thought it was just a nod. And then we were going, well, what if it is the introduction of the multiverse? Yeah, and then I turns- got all excited. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think everybody else else did and I think they missed a trick there and it's the fact that if it is just that they've used Pedro again and kind of wasted him which is sort of what they did last time you know this show is so well written with such incredible grasp of subtlety and such like integral well done references down to you know the colour of a red LED flashing on a thing with Stark Enterprising to mimic you know the the bomb in the house you know that everything is so well thought out yeah i almost think it's more likely that they are intentionally playing with the audience expectations with piedro than than they just missed an opportunity yeah possibly either that or they wanted to make him the introduction to the multiverse and then something's happened with contracts and things and stuff and they can't have the actor anymore that's the only other thing i can think of but surely they would have agreed stuff like that ahead of time it's it's possibly the other way round in that when they were writing 
doing it. Not all the contracts were necessarily signed with all the Fox stuff. So it's possible that it was it's sort of a flip of that in that they sort of wrote it in and they kind of decided they were going to try and go in that way. But not everything was signed. So maybe they didn't want to kind of go all in on it. And I don't know. It's um, mm. It will be interesting to see whether that does come back up at some point because it seems a bit weird that they essentially put him in for what turned out to be a dick joke, <laughs> you know, for his character name. And, and that, that seems to be just a, a little bit weird and a bit of a waste of yeah. that I mean, character. I guess they've given themselves options with the way they've done it now, but I just, mm. I can't imagine that they missed an available opportunity like in that yeah. manner. I, I have to think it's more likely that they are intentionally playing with audience expectations because that's what they've done through the whole show. Yeah. Like the collective IQ of the people that have put this together is, is too high for them to just think, oh yeah, it would just be a cameo like I originally thought, which is why mm. I immediately dropped my theory as soon as everyone else started speaking up about theirs because I was just like, no, no, my my thought's far too simple. It's not. Nothing in their show is that simple. Yeah. So interesting to see what happens with that. What did you make of the after credits setup stuffs? Interesting. I mean, the wonder stuff I think is going to head into the multiverse of madness movie because originally when you look at the original timeline for when these things were supposed to come out WandaVision ran straight into Multiverse of Madness so oh, okay. so that is that is sort of where that is heading to set up I think which is another thing which makes me wonder wh- whether the Pietro thing is maybe going to come back round again maybe they wanted to save a proper reveal until yeah, the big maybe, screen maybe situation the other post credit scene which is Monica's meeting a scroll isn't it uh, who yes. we last saw with Nick Fury because when we last saw Nick Fury he was on a spaceship very much pulling a, a Nick Fury move as well yeah yeah exactly way to get sort of Nick Fury thing going without actually having to pay Sam Jackson to come and do it which I thought was quite good so it looks like you know you're gonna end up with her either on the Secret Invasion series or potentially in the Captain Marvel 2 I guess so it'll be one or the other that yeah, well, she they've shows specifically up in this. set her up as not particularly liking Captain Marvel, haven't they? So they've set that up as yeah. a difficult relationship, yeah, and and reinforced it within WandaVision. So that mm. would seem like, I guess, the most likely place to put her next, because otherwise, why start to build that expectation that there's going to be tension between those two characters if they're not going to meet? Yeah, I mean, they're going to show up. It just depends which way round those shows end up coming. Mm. Whether Secret Invasion ends up landing before Captain Marvel, I can't remember which way around they are so it'll be one or the other that they that... keep changing things because they have of course tragically moved the uh, release date of the most important series <laughs> so yeah loki's um i like the way you don't even need to query that no, one you're just like yeah so the loki series <laughs> yeah so loki's 11th of june that is landing so uh, which is too far away <laughs> yeah well i was hoping they were pretty much going to run into each other but it sounds like they're not because you know we've got falcon and to Soldier coming soon, but we've got a little bit of a gap in between each of these shows arriving. So it would have been nice if they could have just run them straight into each other, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that. But it's something to look forward to in June anyway. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm sure I'll enjoy and I'm sure there'll be fun stuff in there, but the Loki one is the one that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, the Loki one was the one where I was like, that's the point where I'll get Disney Plus and then (laughs) WandaVision turned out to be amazing. So I will probably also be watching everything else they put out if they can make a show about two characters I, I didn't like and make it amazing so I, I think don't underestimate any of the series they're putting out right now yeah I mean turned out pretty good actually Disney Plus particularly now Star's gone onto it as well because we've got a whole bunch of stuff that they've announced coming up on their Star in the UK later on as well so uh, there's that coming up anything else on Division? I think that's the main ones to yeah. be honest um, people will have to let us know in replies on social media what their favourite bits were and things um, I'm definitely going to wait with bated breath to see the next thing that they're going to do with it because I, I quite like the setup at the end and I think there's a lot of potential of where they can go with it. Yeah. I think they've managed to balance her being a protagonist and anti-hero and the balance in her character, which is quite difficult to kind of get right. Normally, if you make a character more evil, <laughs> Loki, uh, you just make them more charismatic <laughs> and they've managed to make her quite engaging and relatable whilst also definitely the reason everything is a mess 
loss and uh, the cause of a lot of pain. Yeah. Plus, you know, the kind of interesting notion of is what remains of vision still vision or not? Like there's a lot of potential there for is what there is left of vision? Is his personality still in there? Is he still alive in the same way without the stone? Yeah. And how that's going to affect her moving forward as well. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there are no plans at the moment for a second season of WandaVision, but clearly Vision is now still around so Mm. that he can show up again. Wanda is obviously still around, so, you know, we know she's showing up again. It's going to be interesting to see where they go I'd be surprised if they didn't, based on the response to the first one. Yeah. Uh, Because they won't get enough screen time just in the mainline movies, unless they're going to make a mainline movie just about the two of them after this, instead of another season. Yeah. So, we'll see where they go with that. Uh, One of the other things I like about Marvel over DC in terms of their screen outings is they don't kill off all the villains generally you know I mean yes obviously Thanos but quite often they leave the villains alive to be able to come back another time so the fact that what they do with Agatha at the end of this it means she's still in the universe she they could bring her back and use her again if they want to and DC has this horrible habit of killing off their villains at the end of the movies in a place where they should just be locked up in Arkham Asylum and half the time they don't end up doing that they end up killing people which is always really bugs me so I'm quite glad it gives them a bit more stuff to play with it gives them more toys in their toy box to use later on yeah and it allows you to become a little bit attached to the villains as well because you don't just expect them to be a a one one hit wonder you know yeah they can actually have developing plot lines and evolving characters as well and it's it's frustrating because a lot of the you know you look at the actual comic books for DC and especially when you sort of look in like you know the, the Batman universe and things they just all they do is is put the villains in Arkham Asylum and they break out a week later yeah that's a very DC thing to do but in the films yeah just not so much Mm. so yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with the rest of the Marvel stuff I think they're they're on a good track I know there's some people that were disappointed with the finale but I think the problem is that people read so much into the sort of fan theories of it but the show itself what they actually did I think they did a fantastic job with the problem is that there was a number of fan theories out there that were quite interesting and because it wasn't exactly what they thought it was going to be it's like well this is terrible and then people complaining online it's like no it wasn't it wasn't terrible it was actually pretty good but it just wasn't what you thought it was going to be you know i really enjoyed it i really really like that series i thought they did a fantastic job with it so in terms of other stuff that i've been doing this week there's a game i've been playing which is very very much you i think called breath edge have you come across this yet i have not no I've not heard of this one. Is this new? It's been in development for a while. There have been versions of it out. It has just recently, last couple of weeks, actually come out of early access and it's it's now fully up there and you can play all the way through it. It's a bit similar to Subnautica in some ways, but in some ways very much not as well. So the basic setup of this is you are a guy who is in a spaceship. He's taking his grandpa's for this galactic funeral and then the ship that he's on explodes and he finds himself stranded in space with the sort of remnants of his ship which still has some air in it and he has to go out and work out what happened what the sort of conspiracy is what happened to why the ship actually blew up in the first place and to survive he's got to go and collect like little bits of resources by floating out into space and smashing things to sort of break them apart to get like bits of rocks and metal and that sort of stuff to build tools and you know I do like smashing things and exactly. I do like space I can I can see where you're coming from here it's sort of been described as Subnautica in space Subnautica is a game that I absolutely love which is is a similar sort of premise in that your air is limited in Subnautica your air is limited in Breath Edge so you've got to kind of go out and make sure that you get back to your capsule before you run out of air although you can build these little oxygen capsules canisters to take out with you which sort of adds more air in there is some sort of jeopardy in terms of where you're kind of going out what's lovely about it is the humor it's hilariously funny it's very much that sort of monkey island level of humor to it so there's very stupid jokes it's very self-aware of what it is they actually make jokes breaking the fourth wall of like this game's ridiculous you know that sort of thing so that's quite good fun also has an immortal chicken in 
get it, which I thought would appeal to you as well. Yeah, that actually, (laughs) (laughs) that actually does appeal to me. So uh, yeah, we've met before then. Yes. Um. (laughs) Um, So there's a number of bits of puerile humor in it. You get to hit things quite a lot. Sometimes the solution to something is basically hitting it with a big hammer. There is an immortal chicken which helps you out in various situations that you carry around with you. There are robot type things in it. It's set in space. It would probably work extremely well as a stream, I would have thought, because there is a chance of you dying quite a lot in this, which I'm sure they'd really enjoy. There aren't really any enemies as such. The biggest problem is more you going out and finding the resources and not dying by running out of oxygen. And that gets easier as you get through the game because you can build larger oxygen cylinders and stuff. And you can build sort of more advanced versions of your spacesuit. But what I think would appeal to you more than anything else is the humour, because it is ridiculously silly. As I say, there's an immortal chicken in it. There's lots of other like little bits and pieces that you can pick up. There's nods to other games in there. There are a couple of nods to Subnautica. It's very aware that it's been compared to Subnautica even while they're developing it. And he put some really obvious nods to it in there, and which are really funny if you know both games. So I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. If you like Subnautica, it's not quite as open world. There are sections of it which are quite open world. There are sections of it which is a bit more straightforward story. It would probably take, I don't know, 20, 25 hours maybe total to play through it. It's difficult for me to tell. I've done like 45 hours on it, but then I've played through the first part two or three times already because I had it on early access. So I played through the first part a few times already. So uh, it's it's got like five parts to it and uh, it's just wonderfully fun. It's called Breath Edge. It's up on Steam right now. I think there is a console release incoming as well. I would heartily recommend it to people, particularly I think it would be one that you really, really enjoy. So uh, yeah, that that's yeah, well worth as, it. Well, as long as it doesn't have a really, really traumatic, stress-inducing noise as you run out of oxygen and uh, drown in space, I'd be fine. No, no, you're okay. There's nothing like that. I don't believe in it. There's no like big scary monsters that jump out at you or anything like that, which is you do get in Subnautica. Yeah, so, Subnautica uh, was always one where I was just like, I don't think I can actually cope with this because it is this strange blend of like, la la la, zen la la, zen la la, come, ah, you're dead, something's eating your face. Yeah. And I think it just put me slightly on edge the whole time, probably because I'd been playing Alien Isolation before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are elements of that in Subnautica. There's very little of that in Breath Edge. It's, it's far more about the humour and about you sort of building things and uh, keeping your oxygen level high enough so you're not dying jumping between the various points you've got to jump between it is wonderful wonderful fun and i really really enjoyed it and uh, yeah it's called breath edge go find it on steam right now it's uh, well well worth playing i did watch a movie as well this week called sas red notice which is due out uh, i got to see a preview of it because i'm interviewing the composer for it later on this week but it's coming to sky cinema relatively soon i would describe it as strike back meets die hard meets james bond <laughs> Um, it's very much a sort of mishmash of, uh, has a sort of strike back feel to it, like a feature length episode of it, but there are elements of James Bond and there are elements of Die Hard in there. Stars Sam Hewen, who people will know as Jamie from Outlander. He is an ex-Special Forces soldier who comes to face to face with an army of mercenaries who are intent on blowing up the Channel Tunnel. That's the basic setup for it. It's based on a book written by Andy McNabb, who is ex-SAS guy. The cast is ridiculous. So Sam Hewen, Reby Rose, Andy Serkis, Tom Wilkinson, Hannah John Carmen, who you'll know from uh, playing Ghost in Ant-Man and Wasp and was in Killjoys, Tom Hopper from the Umbrella Academy, Noel Clark is in there as well. So it's a really good, solid, mainly British cast with a few other people thrown in there, but uh, really, really amazing cast that they've lined up for it. About two and a half hours long, good, solid, British-made action thriller film if you like those sort of things if you like stuff like strike back and you like those sort of quite fun silly sort of over the top thriller movies it's called sas red notice i think it's the end of the week it goes up on um sky cinema it's certainly over the next couple of weeks it appears on there so it it is worth going to watch if you like those sort of things i also have seen the first episode of the new series of the good doctor which is out later this week
week as well. I got a preview of that. That's brilliant. That's dealing very much with COVID. Uh, just some heartbreaking moments in it, but I really enjoyed having that back. I also got to watch the first episode of Flight Attendant, which is the Kaylee Colloquy show, which is coming to Sky fairly soon. The first episode of that is absolutely superb and will definitely be one worth watching. I won't give anything away other than, I mean, what you've seen in the trailer, which is she plays a flight attendant who wakes up next to a dead body, has absolutely no memory of coming into the room and how they got there or any idea how he died. It was sort of somebody she was out partying with the night before and it's what she does from there on. So first episode of that, really, really solid. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that series because it'd be really, really good. There's one other bit of uh, gaming news as well. They announced this week that Elite Dangerous Odyssey, the alpha for it, is coming to PC on Monday the 29th of March. And this is the thing that adds ground combat to Elite Dangerous. So Elite Dangerous, if you know the game Elite, which I'm sure you do, Elite Dangerous is a game which has mainly been based in in ships at this point. What Odyssey does is it adds ground combat as well. So you'll be able to get out of your ships. You'll be able to go and wander around spaceports and stuff. And you'll also be able to go and take on missions which need you to go in and steal stuff from various kind of remote spaceports as well. So uh, it really looks really, really fun. There's some gameplay footage up online if you want to go and check that out. But I was a huge fan of the main Elite Dangerous game, but this is sort of what I'd be waiting for somebody to actually do quite well. Because we've had some games which have been trying to do this for a while, but nobody's really managed to entirely pull it off in a sort of, decent serious format so um yeah, it's different to kind of balance the two yeah varying styles of combat in a single game so i'm interested to see how that pans out i'll, I'll know whether or not it's worked by if i hear from you for like a month or not <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean i have got a character on elite dangerous at the moment but i'm strongly thinking of deleting that character and okay. just starting again from scratch because it's been so long since i've played it it's got to be at least 18 months since I've picked up that game. I don't know. I, I'm in two minds about it because I had built up a certain amount of cash and upgraded some of the ships and I need to just decide whether I'm just going to go screw it, I'm going to start again or whether I'm going to uh, actually kind of go back to it. But I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that coming out because it should be really, really good fun. So uh, 29th of March, that's the alpha version comes out on PC and then they're releasing the full version of it a bit later in the year and then it's coming to console in autumn i think they said that's the plan at the moment although we'll see how that goes but that's what they're they're aiming for it's a great game if you've never played it so uh that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So we kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Couple of cancellations this week. Pose is coming to an end after three seasons. It's the uh, Ryan Murphy drama, which is it's been described as one of the most groundbreaking series ever produced, set in the New York's transgender ball culture of the late 80s. And uh, it's sort of moving into the 90s as well with the final season. It's not being cancelled. It's a decision by the producers. They basically said, we've told the story we want to tell. So it was sort of always going to be in three parts. So this is the final bit of it. That will be coming to an end with its third and final season. That will probably go out on the BBC, but it's landing in May on FX in the US. There isn't a UK premiere date for it yet, but it will probably go out on BBC Two. Frankie Drake Mysteries, they've also announced it's coming to an end after four seasons. I think that sounds like it was actually a cancellation, but uh, that will be coming to an end. That goes out on Alibi over here. Renewals, we've got Superman and Lois. That's been renewed for a second season 
season, which I don't think comes as any surprise to anybody because it's it's possibly the best reviewed of the Arrowverse shows have been in a long time. I think that one so uh, doesn't really surprise me that's renewed. Also, it's the CW and they don't really cancel anything. So uh, that will be back. I've seen the first episode of that and it's really, really good. It's somewhat a step up from the previous Arrowverse shows, I would say. Very different awesome. in tone. It feels almost like a movie in places. It, they've done a superb job with it. It, I think I said last week, feels a bit like you've taken sort of This Is Us and smashed superheroes into it to a certain extent. There is a lot more family drama stuff going on, but there is a lot of superhero stuff in there as well. It's just tonally quite different. There is a different shift. It just feels like it's stepped up in quality quite a lot to what we've had on some of the more recent Arrow shows i mean legends is its own sort of thing but i feel like it's it's really really solid i uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it so uh, well worth a look when hopefully it lands over here which we don't know yet latest we're hearing is the arrowverse shows are going to land here probably in the summer because they've kind of jumping backwards and forwards like supergirl's coming back for a bit then going off for a bit and then coming back for a bit and like superman and lois is, has been on at the moment but then it's going off and supergirl's coming on and then that's going off so there's a lot of messing around going on in the US with how they're scheduling things due to the fact that there were breaks in filming due to the pandemic so there's a lot of backwards and forwards going on summer seems to be when they're probably going to land over here we don't know whether Superman and Lois has been picked up by Sky yet I sincerely hope it has but we don't know so we'll have to wait and see The Simpsons has been renewed for season 33 and 34 so uh, no surprises there I think The Simpsons will still be going long after humanity has stopped and it'll just be an AI writing episodes and broadcasting them to aliens and no one else in the entire universe will realise we're actually not here anymore. Yes, I I think you're probably right there. Um, ITV have renewed Finding Alice for a second season and Dollface, which I've watched half an episode of so far. I'm going to watch the rest of it later today. That's now on Star. Really, really enjoyable. It's one of those shows that you think is going to be this sort of thing about you know the opening one minute boyfriend breaks up with girlfriend it's Kat Dennings in the lead role who of course you know from WandaVision we've been watching Wonderful Vision she's wonderful in that she plays this uh, woman who is in the very opening minute having lunch with her boyfriend who basically just says I don't love you anymore we need to break up and it sort of goes on from there but it takes a very weird turn very quickly which involves a cat lady driving a bus and by a cat lady I mean a woman with a cat head it's very strange (laughs) (laughs) it's very weird so there's sort of this relationship drama because it's about her having been dumped by a boyfriend and then realising that all their friends are actually all his friends and she has to try and reconnect with her friends who obviously aren't that happy with her because they've not heard from her for five years so it's sort of about her re-establishing relationships with those and also this sort of weird imaginary world which is going on around her as well there's a little bit of that sort of quirkiness that you get from something like zoe's extraordinary playlist in there i'm really enjoying it so far as i say i'm only halfway through the first episode right now so i will watch the rest of it because it's going out weekly on star on disney plus i really enjoyed what i saw of that so uh, that looks really good and they've renewed that for a second season in terms of pickups also on star on disney plus they announced a bunch of things which they've picked up coming forward loving the time of corona which was a limited series that is coming on uh, friday march 12th they've announced grownish which is the spin-off to blackish which follows the daughter off to college that's coming in april and rebel which is this drama which is inspired by the life of erin brockovich stars katie siegel in the lead role who's playing the sort of Aaron Brockovich stand-in who's called Annie Rebel Bellow and uh, she's a blue-collar legal advocate but without a law degree and uh, it's a perfect role for Katie Segal she's amazing and that's coming in May so uh, I'm very much looking forward to that because that looked like it could be a really really good show they've also said that American Horror Stories is going to be coming to star as is Why the Last Man which is the adaptation of the comic book The Old Man which is Jeff Bridges as a sort of retired CIA guy that has some 
some guy send after him. Only Murder is in the Building, which is a comedy. Of course it is with a name like that. Only Murder is in the Building actually looks like it. it's uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin, I think, are the uh, are two of the people in that. And uh, it looks like it could be quite fun, that. And then there's Dope Sick and The Dropout, which all these were announced back when Disney did their big Investors Day thing. So uh, we'd known about them for a while, but they have actually confirmed that they're either FX or Hulu series. So it looks like moving forward, a lot of the FX and Hulu series are going to be coming directly onto Star on Disney Plus in the UK. So that's great news because it means that we actually have somewhere where all the original shows will land, which is brilliant because there's some great programming on those. Fox announced a bunch of what we're now referring to as necro programming, which is basically the big box of shows which have pre-cancelled that they got off Disney and are just shoving up to get rid of them and fill airtime. So uh, necro programming shows The Grinder, which is a show starring Rob Lowe as a TV lawyer who joins his brother played by Fred Savage in the family law firm when his hit series is cancelled, which looks like it could be quite good fun. It ran for one season that Rob Lowe's eminently watchable. So I think that might be one worth watching, even if it's sort of only ran for one season. As long as you know you're going into it, there's not going to end more of it. I really I hope there's a full four break at the end when the, the series about a, a show where the hit series is cancelled. Yeah, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> there's a show called Rush, which stars Tom Ellis from Lucifer, everybody's favourite devil. He plays a top attending surgeon who finds himself tending to the wounds of LA's dark and seedy underbelly after he's kind of struck off. I think that's the basis for that. So I haven't even heard of that series, but that was uh, one starring Tony Ellis and again, very, very watchable character. And uh, Gang Related, which is a gritty action-packed drama that follows a rising star in the LA's elite gang task force who had a dark past. Stars Raymond Rodriguez, Jay Hernandez, who is the guy that's now Magnum P.I., uh, Riz and Terry O'Quinn who's been in like you know Hawaii Five O, Lost a stack of other things as well the older bald guy if you turn a place which face it is so that looks like it could actually be quite good they were all only one season shows so for whatever reason they didn't find an audience because they all on paper look like they should be quite good so uh, just be aware that all three of those aren't coming back from other seasons and they're things that they're using to fill out the schedule on Fox UK if you want to go watch them they are there and uh, Channel 4 have announced Fargo is returning for its fourth season, which is the Chris Rock starring one that is coming in the spring at some point. They haven't announced an exact date for it yet, but Fargo will be back on Channel 4 in the spring. On to some of the news stories. ITV announced a bunch of their spring lineup as well. There is a couple of new dramas. One's called Grace, which is from the creator and screenwriter of Endeavour. It's adapted on some best-selling novels and stars John Sim as tenacious detective Roy Grace alongside Richie Campbell, who takes on the role of DS Glenn Branson. Basically, I mean, it's another police procedural by the sides of it, but, you know, it's got John Sim in it, and John Sim's usually quite watchable, so that could be worth looking at. This Viewpoint, which is based on an idea by Fleabag and Emmy Award-winning director Harry Bradbeer, who also worked on Killing Eve and No Offence, and co-created and written by the Edgar Award winner Ed Whitmore, who wrote Safe House and Manhunt. It's a five-part drama that follows a tense police surveillance investigation into a tight-knit Manchester community and explores whether it is ever possible to reserve the lives of others with true objectivity and zero effect. And uh, Noel Clark's the lead in that. So, uh, yes, it's another thing with Noel Clark, and he seems to be getting quite a lot of work at the moment, which is nice. That's coming in spring, that is. And then there's one called Too Close, which focuses on the compelling and dangerous relationship between forensic psychiatrist Dr. Emma Robson, played by Emily Watson, who is assigned to work with Connie Mortensen, played by Denise Goff, a woman accused of a heinous crime but claims she can't remember a thing. So uh, those are the three sort of new dramas coming at some point in spring. They've also got Innocent, which returns for a second season, Vera, which returns to an 11th season as well. They've also announced a two-part documentary called Britain's Tiger King on the trail with Ross Kemp so <laughs> uh, so I think my, my my slight laughter there is probably my only comment on that one. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's uh, those, those what was the one it's, I wish them luck with that it's not as bad as the Channel 5 one which had people posting Alan Partridge pictures of him pitching uh, yeah there's that famous Alan Partridge thing where he sits down and pitches a bunch of terrible ideas and uh, Channel 5 announced that they were doing a show called Ben Fogel in Chanel 
Chernobyl. <laughs> and everybody was going, that really sounds like an Alan Partridge show. Uh, so, I, I, I shouldn't be surprised. Occasionally I still am. I really shouldn't. <laughs> so um, the Britain's Tiger King's thing, I don't know. Those Rob's Kent things are quite good. And at least he's not dodging bullets in this one. But I mean, there are obviously going to be quite shady people. I, I think the question would be more if he hadn't taken the job, would he have been dodging a bullet with this one? <laughs> we <laughs> shall see. Thing. Maybe the name is not entirely indicative of uh, yeah. the quality of content. I, I shall try not to judge, but my initial reaction is to laugh slightly. Sorry. Yes. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see with that. Uh, there is also another one which stuck out. They, they announced a load of different stuff and there's sort of celebrity juice and dreaded Love Island are returning and all that sort of thing. But uh, there was one called Apocalypse Wow, which is from the makers of Lego Masters Killer Camp and Release the Hounds, an epic and hilarious physical game show. Imagine the Chase Me Gladiators via Mad Max and Burning Man. Welcome to Apocalypse Wow. Five famous faces will enter the Torture Dome, a secret underground club, part BDSM dungeon, part super club, part fight club. That's the description for it. So... Dear God. <laughs> you know, it's... I. One of the things I kind of dislike about media in general, uh, yes. although I obviously spent my entire life watching, consuming and analysing it, but one of the things I dislike is the perpetual one-upmanship requirement, which is partly the fault of the people making it and partly the fault of the people watching it. But because everything has to advertise itself as being more than the thing before. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you see that pushing society to do some incredible things. You compare as a random example, but it's a very clear example to make, but like ice skating yeah. from like the Winter Olympics, you compare what they do now compared to, you know, so many years ago and the skill level just goes up every year and it's phenomenal. But then you apply that same mentality if you have to keep being better than the person before to this kind of TV, which is just, you have to just be more shocking than the person before. And that's how we get from Takeshi's Castle to this in like 15, 20 years. Um. Yeah. So um, I don't know any more about this apocalypse well, other than it is on ITV2. I mean, Release the Hounds was a ridiculous thing. This is, that was the thing where you got, they released celebrities to be chased down by dogs. I seem to remember, it's very weird. Uh, but they've done some very, this, very bizarre this things. This is like shows that would be the pretend shows on the television. Yeah. You know, in Daria and Simpsons. Yes. Very this is, this so. is where we're at now with, with some of our TV. And it, it's the one hand, it's kind of like, well, what TV is coming out? Oh, we've got Snowpiercer. We've got The Queen's Gambit. Oh, and we've got this one where we put people into a torture dungeon. Yes. Just, you know, and it's, it's there just so that you can vicariously look at these celebrities and presumably if you don't like them, laugh at them. And if you do like them, root for them. And I just, it's not the quality programming that I am myself particularly looking for. I do wonder how much longer it's going to take before I'm a celebrity has like air quotes around the celebrity bit. Because I they do sometimes I, mean, I, I, look I don't at have a show. TV license like anymore. You know, I don't watch any terrestrial TV and this just, just proves why. Yes, very much so. There is some real rubbish out there. But uh, yeah, there is a lot of this sort of stuff coming. If you uh, like that sort of thing, there are a lot of game shows and other things coming as well there's a big list up on the website if you want to go and look at the other stuff that's coming to itv but uh, i thought the dramas were maybe might interest some people but um yes there yeah. is there is a lot of entertainment stuff in quotes it's, it's as the well. stuff for me that gets to me i think is when you're supposed to be watching someone else's real discomfort fear unhappiness that kind of thing yeah because uh, you can have this sort of stuff that's kind of like the celebrities are as much in on the jokers as anything else you you know, yeah. they could have done a, a celebrity style. You know, I mentioned Takeshi's Castles and things like that. You know, they, they could have done a celebrity version of things like that. People kind of falling off inflated assault courses and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's everyone's, you know, you're laughing with them and that's yeah. nice. And um, the pitch for this one is certainly based on shock value and other things. Maybe it won't be anywhere near what this description makes it, it look like. No. Um, and it will all just be the hype. But yes. <laughs> every so. now and again, there's a TV show pitch that just 
this just makes me feel like I have stepped into a world which is effectively some satire of the actual world. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, moving away from uh, <laughs> ridiculous TV shows, we have Amazon has ordered a thing called The Devil's Hour, which is exact produced by Stephen Moffat of Doctor Who and Dracula and Sherlock fame, and uh, Sue Virtue, who worked on Dracula and Sherlock as well. It's created and written by Tom Moran, who has written on uh, the feed for Amazon and Wild Bill for ITV. He's done a couple of pilots as well, but uh, this is sort of the first big kind of thing that he's written from scratch, I think. Devil's Hour follows the story of Lucy Chambers, who wakes up every night at exactly 3.33am. Her eight-year-old son is withdrawn and emotionless. Her mother speaks to empty chairs. Her house is haunted by the echoes of life that isn't her own. Now, when her name is inexplicably connected to a string of brutal murders in the area, the answers that have evaded her all these years finally come to focus. The Devil's Hour is a creepy philosophical thriller that seeks to explain the inexplicable. So uh, that's the setup for it. This is a horror thing, so I can't imagine it's anything you're going to want to watch. My first thought is she's waking up at 3.33 because 6.66 wasn't a time. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Yes. It's not entirely my thing, no, because it sounds like it will be very, very creepy and scary there. But uh, yeah, it looks like it could be an interesting thing since they're leaning into the philosophical side of it. That could be somewhere where it could have some some interesting kind of mythos and, and look into the characterization of the people in the show. But yeah, it looks like something that would give me nightmares. Yes, quite possibly. I survived daily in isolation. I, I think I'm good for a while. <laughs> Very true. Did I tell you that a small robin landed outside the window on the fence and I screamed? <laughs> Was that why you were playing the game? No. <laughs> and I wasn't even playing the game, which is why I've taken a rest from all things scary. <laughs> Funny. Oh, dear. Um, lucky the neighbours didn't call some police or something. I really screamed. <laughs> <laughs> Had you just finished playing the game? Nope. You're just a big scaredy cat then. Yeah, that's that's the technical term, I believe. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> And lastly, Netflix has ordered the first ever Asterix animated series, which I'm incredibly happy about because I have a long connection with Asterix as a cartoon character. Are you aware of Asterix? I don't know whether you've... I you've... am aware of Asterix. I Good. have like annuals and comic books and stuff with Asterix Excellent. in as a kid. So yes, I am of the correct age range to yes. remember Asterix. I have very, very fond memories of Asterix because as bedtime stories, my dad would choose to read these to us. And often would be laughing so much at it, he found it difficult to get through them. So there was something that very much part of my childhood, these, and I, I had uh, all the Asterix omnibuses and the, the books and everything. So uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Asterix, he was a character that was first created in 1959 by uh, Rani Gassini and Albert Uzzo. It's set in 50 BC. Gaul is entirely occupied by the Romans. Well, not entirely there is one small village of indomitable Gauls who still hold out against the invaders. This is thanks to a magic potion that gives them temporary superhuman strength, brewed by their druid Getafix. Asterix, along with his best friend Obelix and the rest of the village, have managed to stave off the invading roaming armies. So that is the general kind of setup for Asterix. The series has been adapted by one of the classic volumes, which is called Asterix and the Big Fight, where the the Romans, after being constantly embarrassed by Asterix and his village cohorts, organise a brawl between rival Gaulish chiefs and try to fix the result by kidnapping the druid along with his much-needed magic potion. Things do not go as planned. So that's the setup for this series. It's not the first time that Asterix has been brought to screen. There have been 14 films. The character... If I you... didn't realise it was 14. I was going to guess six or seven. No, they're apparently over the years there have been 14 films and they I mean they go back years and years and years as well in both 2D and 3D animation so they've been both traditional and um, CGI animation they've also done live action as well the new TV series comes 
from playwright Alan Shabbat, who will direct with Alan Goldman from Legend Films, producing Shabbat wrote the 2002 film Mission Cleopatra, which was the most successful of Asterix's numerous on-screen appearances and the third highest grossing feature film in French history. I mean, just to give you an idea of how big Asterix is, they have a theme park that rivals Disneyland just outside Paris. It is a huge, huge theme park entirely based around Asterix. So, I mean, it's a huge French phenomenon, that character, if you haven't come across it before. But as I say, I, I have a huge affinity for Asterix, so I'm very, very much looking forward to this. I think they said the, the new thing is going to be CGI animation, so it's going to be sort of 3G CGI animation, this version. I think, like, sometimes you see stuff coming back and, you know, sort of getting reimagined, getting changed, being relaunched and things, Gem and the Holograms, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or reboot, various things like that. And But Asterix never really went away. No, like, no. Like, it's just that there's been gaps, but it's been something that's kind of just always been there. The fan base is kind of continuous and growing, so it doesn't really have that same pressures on it to be either super nostalgic or super accessible to a new user base. They've kind of got that nice middle ground where it's got this long history because it's been around for such a incredible amount of time. But yeah, I think it's going to I think it's going to be like potentially very easy to make something really, really good because they won't have that same set of pressures on them. And they're just making more Asterix. I would have obviously personally liked it to have been 2D. Yeah. But that's, you know, that is my it's understandable personal that... preference. Yeah. Um, and I feel as well with the cartoon style of Asterix and how kind of expressive that is that that yeah, I think sometimes with the 3D animation people don't exaggerate stuff as much. Mm. They stick to model a bit more, whereas in the the sort of, especially in hand-drawn 2D, you had dramatic changes in characters, face shapes and limbs and things when you when you were doing expressions and stuff. So, but that will depend entirely on how they use the 3D animation. And it looks like they are sort of dipping into the, the creme de la creme, just to go for a French kind of sounding thing <laughs> to, uh, to to pick the talent they are using for this. So I'm, I'm not going to pass any judgment just based on that now but yeah i think it's quite a good one and it's probably you know we're about due another another asterix property i think yeah i think so i'm not sure when the last film was out but there have been 38 books and there is a 39th book due out this year apparently so they've been released in 111 language and dialects over the years as well it's been around for a while there's a lot to get through but i urge you if you've got small children particularly as well i mean they're great books to read through they're really fun comic books but if you've got small children go and buy them some asterix books because they are just wonderful really really joyous things to read they've actually said that netflix series it's not landing until 2023 because obviously animation takes a little while to actually put together but um, 2023 on netflix that series will arrive that's all the news for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv Highlights for next week. We have Paradise PD returning for a third series. This is the animated show that is coming to Netflix on the 12th of March. Also on Netflix on the 12th of March, The One, which is this sci-fi drama where a DNA test can find your perfect partner. It's based on a novel. It comes from Howard Overman, who is the man behind Misfits. It does sound incredibly similar to a series that has just gone out on Amazon, but that it was in a sort of anthology series the one it's is also a, there's very similar premise to osmosis yeah there are a the, number of the, things the french series on netflix i right. mean it might be going in a completely different direction to that one but yeah yeah interesting so um there are a few things apparently around that are like this but uh yeah this is from um howard overman who uh, i really enjoy his work he's he's really good so it's called the one that's coming to netflix on the 12th of march so watch out for that Next, which is a show we mentioned a few times, it's a thriller based around the emergence of a deadly rogue artificial intelligence coming to star on Disney Plus. That is on the 12th of March. It technically got cancelled after one season, but the one season is incredibly self-contained, so I'm told. So you could probably watch it without being disappointed by the end of it that it's not getting another season. That's called Next, but that's coming to start on Disney on the 12th of March. 
Top Gear returns for its 30th season on BBC One. That's the uh, new home for it now. It's moved from BBC Two to BBC One. That's on the 14th of March at 8pm. The Good Doctor, as I mentioned earlier, season four of that comes to Sky Witness on the 16th of March at 9pm. The first episode of that is superb. And South Park is back for a new special. This is this is a vaccine special, I think they've called this one. This is the one you may have seen it stylized as South Park with the K changed to a Q. It's uh, coming the 12th of March at 10pm to Comedy Central. That is landing on there as well. That's all the shows we've got coming next week. And uh, you will be obviously out streaming again. Where can people find you? Yeah, if people would like to hang out with me complaining and talking about all things geek, then they're welcome to do so over on twitch.tv slash Tristabytes, spelled B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was being funny and making a pun. Uh, We're doing a whole range of stuff, including building more Star Wars Lego and chatting, as well as continuing with Chrono Trigger. And I've also got days where I literally just let viewers pick random retro games from like the days of Amiga, Atari, C64 and Specky and uh, give any game they suggest a go, which normally means I end up playing things which are hilariously bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also doing more improv comedy style stuff in Tristerville, where it, which is a town which contains a lot of people who look remarkably like me, but just each one has a different cheap eBay purchased prop. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So a lot of that and just, just generally hanging out and talking about all things comic book, sci-fi, anime and having a chill. Yeah. So go and check out Bex over on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. Always worth a laugh going over there. And, and all the other social medias under the same name as well of course yes so go and check her out over there uh always, always worth to go over and and uh, make for another so <laughs> thank you for your support <laughs> you're welcome um you're very welcome um i said so- i was quitting right <laughs> I, I need a door to slam i don't have a door anywhere nearby i can slam <laughs> i don't think i've even got a door sound effect uh, uh so well that ruins my dramatic exit then i'll just have to not quit because i don't oh, have any i'm being I don't have anything better to do, all right? It's fine. You're stuck with me. Sad Sad Hulk music. It's fine. I'll I'll just keep popping around to this podcast and you just keep laughing at me and we'll just keep doing that, shall we? Okay, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> for other people involved in the show, you can, of course, go find Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots more podcasts. And we are back doing the Walking Dead podcast because that is back on air at the moment. So that goes out on Wednesdays. You can go and find that over on entertainmenttalk.org. You can go and check out Daryl over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those series that you love that are shot in Canada, which is basically every superhero and sci-fi show on air at the moment. So you can go and find those over there at hollywoodnorthnews.net for Daryl's stuff. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I shall see you next week. You quit. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.